Jesus asked James and his brother John, can you drink from the cup that I drink? Good morning, Christian America. That is a very tough question, especially knowing what we know that Jesus is about to enter into. He's about to enter into his passion. And at this point, his followers, two of his most trusted followers, John and his brother James, the sons of Zebedee, the sons of thunder, as Jesus labels them, asking him to consider them in the afterlife, positions of prestige, and his response to them should be his response to us. And he asked them, as he should be asking us, as we should be listening to him, are we willing to drink from the cup that is necessary in order to be with Christ? Let's talk about that as we get into scripture today. We're going to be in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10. We're going to start on verse 35. Good morning, Christian America. All right, and good morning, Christian America. Eddie here is always representing the Christian American revitalization effort where we seek to revitalize the Christian faith across this nation. Thank you so much for your attention this morning. Thank you so much for your attention this Monday as we get ready to get into the week, as we get ready to interact with the world, as we get ready to commune with those around us. We always want to turn our attention to Scripture. If you if you don't do anything uh, on a Monday, please, Please get into scripture. It should get your mind, it should get your soul, it should get your body, it should get your spirit in the mood to, to interact with the world from a good place, from a place, uh, from a Christocentric place, one where we take uh, the teachings and the ideas and the love of Christ uh, out into the world and we make believers of nations, we make disciples of nations, and uh, we, that is our uh, ambition here. That is our goal. Um, and, and we ask that, that that play a part in your goal, in your life, to take the Word of God out into your communities, out into your families, out into the people that you know, and live the gospel, speak on the gospel. Um, bring Christ to bring Christ to the people who don't know Him, or maybe have forgotten about Him, or even the people who have turned their back on Him previously. There is no one too far gone that God can't reach, but we have to be able to reach them uh, to reintroduce Christ to them. And so that's why we come to you here on this Monday. We come to you on Fridays also, and we, we're thankful, truly, truly thankful for anyone who subscribes to this podcast on any of the podcast platforms, anyone who subscribes to this YouTube channel or to this Rumble channel or who follows us on Facebook or Instagram or any of the other social media platforms, Parler, um, Twitter, uh, etc., and so in that light, we want to get into the, into the Word of God today, and we're going to be in uh, the Gospel of Mark chapter 10 and, and verse uh, starting at verse 35. And in today's passage, after Jesus is doing and performing all these miracles, remember the, the, the gospel of Mark is pretty quick. Um, it's pretty concise uh, and there's not a lot of dialogue in between 
actions or major events that Jesus performs. And there's a reason for that. We'll get into that in another podcast probably about who Mark was and, and what his priorities were as we know him when he was, when he was writing the, this gospel. But nonetheless, and so uh, in this context, and Jesus is teaching his disciples and they're watching him and he's rebuking some of the religious leaders and, and they're watching. And uh, during this time, there's a, a a little infighting, a little office politics, if you if if you if you you know think about it in, in that context between the disciples, and you 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 might be reluctant to believe that, right? Because we think of the apostles, we think of the followers of Christ, of all the great things that they eventually do, but we have to remember at this point in time when they're following Jesus, they're lost. They don't understand anything. The Holy Spirit hasn't been truly passed on to him. The advocate that Jesus talks about hasn't come to him. Uh, that, that doesn't happen until after the crucifixion, after the resurrection, after Pentecost. And then they go out into the world and the Holy Spirit guides them. So in this point, in this period, these disciples, friends, are just like us. They're regular people who only have the knowledge of what they've experienced and Obviously, that knowledge is limited. Our knowledge is limited. And so we can be led astray by our own insecurities. We can be led astray by our own ambitions, our own temptations, our own ideas of what the world or my life or the life of my family should take on according to what I know. And uh, what we must always resist is the temptation to put what we think or the things that we think that we know ahead of what God knows and God's understanding of history and into the future because he is, as they say, uh, from everlasting to everlasting. And the apostles are not immune to, these, to this human condition of confusion and uh, self-preservation ambition and that's exactly what happens here in the in the gospel of mark in chapter 10 and the section is titled the ambition of james and john and let me pull this up for you uh just real quick so that you can see it and i will read it to you and verse 35 says that then james and john the sons of zebedee came to him and said to him teacher We want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Well, that's pretty, um, that's a pretty remarkable statement to make, right? That's a pretty bold statement to make to the son of man. But nonetheless, they continue. And he replied, what do you wish me to do for you? And they answered, grant that in your glory we may sit one at your right and the other at your left. And Jesus said to them, you do not know what you are asking. Can you drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the uh, baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, we can. And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And the baptism with which I am baptized you will be baptized. But to sit at my right or at my left is not mine to give, but is for those 
for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they became indignant at James and John. Jesus summoned them and said to them, You know that those who are recognized as rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones make their authority felt, uh, over them felt. But it shall not be so among you. Rather, whoever wishes to be great among you will be your servant. Whoever wishes to be first among you will be slave, the slave of all. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. So there, there's a lot there. And there's a lot of bold action from John and James. Here Jesus is with the twelve. They're two of the twelve. And different uh, gospels have it uh, recorded differently. Mark, in, in Mark's gospel, John and James are specifically asking for themselves. I believe in Matthew, uh, it says that John's, uh, John and James' mother pleads for John and James to be seated at his right and his left. Um, but e either way, they both record the, the following actions is pretty similar, which are that the ten others become indignant at, their, at, at the audaciousness of John and James or the mother of John and James. Okay, and so does this seem familiar to anyone? I mean, does this seem familiar to those who, uh, who are in the church, who have been in the church and, 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 and seen the jealousy and ambition play out? Has any, does this seem familiar to anyone who has been in the choir and, and uh, those who want that solo, those who want that, uh, that spotlight on them? Does this seem familiar uh, with churches with various pastors and they seem to compete for the affection of the audience of the uh, of the uh, uh, the churchgoers of the of the flock? Because this it, it sure seems familiar to me, and it goes to show the point I was making earlier is that these disciples. Are just like you and I at this point they're watching and listening to Jesus uh, and and they have their own ideas of what the Messiah is going to bring they have their own ideas of what the future has uh, in store for them they have their own ideas about how they can take advantage of the situation to benefit themselves and I don't think they mean it at in, in, in this in this context uh, in in a in a diabolical way or a manipulative way. But they are pretty human in the fact that they are trying to angle a way for them to receive some glory, to receive some benefit, to, uh, to exercise a little ambition and audacity by confronting Jesus saying, hey, we want you, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Isn't that how we approach Jesus too often? Where we think that just because we sit down and we pray, that we, we expect Jesus 
to do what we want him to do. Does that ring familiar? That we approach Jesus, we approach the altar, we, we approach him uh, in prayer, and we expect that he does what we want him to do. John and James just voiced it out um, to his face. And so Jesus' response to them should be the response that we take to us. If we want him to do what we want him to do, his response to that is, are you willing to drink from the cup that I drink? Can you drink from the cup that I drink? Can you be baptized with the the baptism that I am baptized in? And he's asking you this question. He's asking me this question. Just as he asked John and James. And their response is probably a little bit short-sighted. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. That probably raised eyebrows to Jesus. That they were so bold in that moment as to, as to make that so convicted in their belief. Knowing that when Jesus gets led away, that the, that the disciples scatter, that Peter denies him, and that the only one at the cross with his mother Mary is John. And so he, to the, the, the quick answer of yes, we can drink from the drink. Yes, we can be baptized in the baptism. Well, James fulfills that, and that's why Jesus follows up and says, Yes, you will drink the cup that, that I drink. James is one of, the, uh, one of the first of the twelve to be martyred. He's beheaded in the book of Acts. Um, pretty, pretty recent in the book of Acts. I can't remember exactly what chapter it is. John, as you know, lives the longest of them. And he's outcast into Greece where he, he, he receives the revelation that he writes and then he writes the book of Revelation. Okay, but there's, it, that doesn't mean necessarily that it's easy for him. And so naturally what happens after this conversation takes place, after this ambition rears its head, what happens with the other disciples they become indignant at them how dare you confront the teacher and try to take a place of prestige over the rest of us maybe they were thinking about it but were afraid to bring it up doesn't that seem a lot like office politics church politics putting ourselves and, and the idea of our idea of what the future should be ahead of everyone else. Recognize yourself in the disciples and their reactions, in their conversations, in their questions, and in their confusion. Because friends, we are those disciples. And we are confused. And we are lost without Christ. But Jesus puts a squash to all of that. And how does he do it? Because he says, 
that if you want to be first, then you must serve the rest. He said, the world, the people in charge of the world lord it over the people. But it will not be so with you. He said, rather whoever wishes to be great among you will be your servant. Whoever wishes to be first among you will be slave of all. This is an important concept and it's, it's one of the foundations of Christianity, right? One of the foundations of the works, the fruit that are born of the Christian faith. And that is one uh, where, and that's one where we serve. We serve an almighty God. We serve our community. We serve the underserved. We serve the downtrodden. We serve our communities. We serve not because it's our idea. It's not so that we can gain. We serve because we are called to serve. We serve because Christ did not come to be served, but he came to serve. Christ says that we must follow him. We must pick up our cross daily and follow him. Well, if Christ served, friends, then we too must serve. And what he says, that is, if when we do this, then we will be great. When we are least, we will be great. When we are last, we will be first. And the only thing that does matter, and that's everlasting life. Who cares about starting the game? You want to be you want to be the ones that finish the game. I would much rather be on a winning team than you know on the bench on a winning team than starting for a losing team. And when we put the context of eternal salvation into that scenario, I would much rather serve in heaven than reign in hell. Satan couldn't do that, and his followers can't do that. When we take a look at the world today and we wonder how the people in positions of power that have been there for decades and they won't let, you know, loosen their grip on the power of the institutions, the power of the corporations, the power of the government, the power of whatever institution, organization, hierarchy you can think of. And you think to yourself, goodness, they're 80, they're 90, just quit hanging on to power. And you, why they can't let that go? It's because they can't serve. They can't serve. They can't humble themselves to serve. They're too full of hubris. They're too full of ambition. They're too full of self-adulation. They think too highly of themselves to actually serve people. 
It's a demonic way to be. It is not a Christian way to be. We know this because the scripture we just read explains this. If you want to be first, you will have to be last. If you want to reach the kingdom of God, you must obey his commandments. Jesus provides this example for us. Friends, I ask that you ponder it, that you meditate on it, that you think and reflect on what this passage means for you in your life. And ask yourself, are you serving or are you trying to be served? Are you trying to do for others or would you rather have others simply do for you? Be honest with yourself when you make this assessment. And then wonder or ponder about what Jesus says in this passage. And with that, ladies and gentlemen... Have a blessed week. Make your way in the world and spread the word of God. Spread the good news. Read scripture and invite others to read it as well. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you on uh, Friday. Until then, you guys stay on fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America.